thought of another name for our podcast, by the way, because I, I realized that what we talk about and God bless my brother and possibly nephew and people that listen to this, but it's just stupid. And I think I think a name for our podcast should be This Stuff Matters. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, uh, congratulations on uh, the editing you've been doing on the podcast is really good. I thank you watching them, and you you're not just laying it in unvarnished. You're picking good moments and moving around. It's great. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Robin's yeah. watching all of these, and he, he always comments. I'm like, cool. stop. I was not. I think it was two. It was before we taped the last show we taped for the the James Gunn episode. Uh, I've been up all night. I could because I was. You didn't have to, to tell me. You didn't have to tell me. <laughs> I was exhausted, but I, I was getting that episode out. But I, I burdened myself with completely redesigning the layout because I, I had this idea. I think I may have sent it to you that I found this really cool image that somebody I forget the name of the guys a digital artist who had taken a a still of Christopher Reeve from it looked like it might have been from Superman three actually, but mm-hmm. he, he took. He gave him. He changed the suit to be the uh, the Fleischer Superman. Oh wow! Cool. Suit with the, yeah. with the black background S. So I was like, that is gorgeous. And then I started thinking about that. So I was looking through. I found like the title screen for the for those cartoons and decided I was going to rebrand or redo you know, redo the logo in that style where it's so yes. I actually yes. basically recreated the blue sky with put the stars in the exactly same spot. That's on wow. There. And it wasn't until after I finished going through the steps of making the logo, you know, where it's oriented the same way with the same color underneath that I realized, oh, that's the city lights. It's like it's it meant right. supposedly be metropolis out of view. Yeah. Shining lights shining up at the bottom of this logo. Yeah. So I was like, oh, and once I placed the logo onto that, I was like, oh, that's what's going on. <laughs> that's what's going on. I also like the way you've you've numbered our episodes with a little Fleischer S with like the, the number inside. Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Look at you using your graphic skills. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, now, now that I've got all that done, I won't have to stay up all night doing that again. By the way, speaking of of, uh, of spending money, I shouldn't because I can segue to anything. Uh, I'll have to send you a uh, link to it. You would really like it. This guy who is just a I mean, I think he has his own web comic, but he's a talented artist. I saw a picture he did on Etsy that is um, you can get it as a poster and it was for the 75th anniversary of Superman. So it's goes back to 2013, but he just did this picture that is of Siegel and Schuster as young guys in like their little studio. And Jerry, the writer is describing stuff while Joe is at the art table. And he's like, yeah, that's good. He's drawing. And the word balloons coming up out of their mouths there's no actual word balloons, but in it are pictures of classic golden age Superman type stuff as if they're describing like, Oh, and then he'll do this and then he'll do this. So it's like this great sort of tribute to those guys. And it's, it's pretty nifty. And I ordered it as a print. So I will be, uh, um, Oh God, what's the guy's name? Adventures of the 19 XX is the name of his web comic. Uh, his name is Paul Roman Martinez. And I highly recommend, uh, that he also did one for Batman, which is really funny because that one has um, that one has Bob Kane sitting there and he's not even drawing. He's just kind of like going, huh? And his little word balloon is just the you've seen what his idea of Batman was the original, right? 
It, it's been a while, but yeah, I did watch that documentary. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. like a red suit, little domino mask, this right. dumb little cape, and this is all <laughs> that his thing is is uh that's all he's good for in this picture in this print. And Bill Finger is over there at on the couch with the typewriter, and his word balloon takes up everything else, and it's all the Batman stuff you know. It's <laughs> Batman, the Bat Signal, Robin, Joker, all this stuff, and Bob cool. Kane's like going. And all it is is a little like boop. I'm like, that's pretty much the thing. Bob Kane overrated and uh, made himself a nice little living off of really not uh, doing much. Yeah. Oof. God bless him. Ouch. Anyway, so you want to talk about Indiana Jones today? Look how how smoothly I can segue. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's cool to have a little touch of Superman in every episode. That's oh, the, a little touch of that. Superman. That was the other name we were going to call this, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little touch of Superman in the night. Ooh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, never mind. That's a little creepy. Again, <laughs> we're going back to Superman Returns with him just floating outside of the house going, ooh, look at that. I know what you had for dinner. Ooh, look at that. Yeah. Oh, are you wearing the fluffy slippers? Yeah, you are. <laughs> creepy voyeur Superman. Anyway. But, but I went back thinking about well, the, the impetus of the show was us kind of catching up on, you know, all the stuff that. All we the didn't nerd get to talk stuff about, yeah that happened in the past thirty years, <laughs> yeah. um, and one of, one of them was these I guess would you call them legacy sequels whatever mm. that have been coming out or late so, day sequels yeah you know we had the prequels the Star Wars prequels and before that even the, the you know the special editions came out right before that and then of course what was it what, I don't remember what year this was now that that Crystal Skull came out was that oh I don't either uh, two thousand something it was a while ago now. Right? Yeah, maybe like 2005. I don't know. I'd have to look at that. Right? Maybe I should Google this real quick. Kingdom Crystal Skull. 2008. Okay. Yeah, and that was, uh, I don't know about you. For me, that was a stunningly disappointing film. <laughs> so what, well, what, I mean, where do you stand on that? I'm, I'm an apologist. I, I don't think it's great. No. <clears throat> but I will always say, when you have a Steven Spielberg film, I mean, how bad can it be? And when you have that cast, how bad can it be? It's it is undercooked, and their their ideas in it, I think, are great. And actually, a lot of people were, you know, they were like upset that it even touches on stuff like aliens, and and I'm like, no, don't you understand? One of the I think great ideas that Lucas had because he's a good idea man. He's not a good writer. Never has been, but he's a good idea, man. But the idea of Indiana Jones as he's going through time, uh, like up to the the dawn of the fifties, there clearly um, what pulp adventure is also is changing. So putting Indy from the thirties, who's involved in all the well, obviously World War II, but also sort of that mysticism kind of pulp, the exotic Orientalism, as they called it, pulp. But now he's in 50s where the pulp is starting to take a sci fi turn. I'm like, I love that because it's not really his wheelhouse. And then using crystal skulls, which is which is a true like archaeological thing from South American cultures, uh, Peru, I think the Incans, they did crystal skulls and then him bridging it. Like, why are the why were they made? How are they made this way? Oh, what if it was in? Uh, you know, something connected to a- ancient astronauts kind of thing. I like all these ideas. Yeah. 
I didn't have any problem with the aliens. Him, him having a kid that he neglected or didn't know about. I can't even remember. Did he know about Mutt or not? I don't think he did. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because he doesn't know when he Marion kept it. That secret. scene in the, in the diner, which is my one of my favorite scenes uh, in the film, I think is does really well at capturing the sort of golden age Hollywood. Yeah, banter. You know that the original films had, um, where he, he's. He's trying to talk some sense to him. He has no idea. I'm pretty sure in that scene he does have, he has no idea that that's his son yet at that point. But he's you know, uh, Mutt is like stealing beers off of uh, <laughs> yeah. trays that are passing by him, and then Indy takes it and puts it back. You know, yes. this really well choreographed scenes. Uh, it's a really well choreographed scene in that regard. Yeah, I don't think he knew. I don't think. Well, he I knew. think I think also you you're, you're hitting on <laughs> one of the things that really does work is that you've got Spielberg behind the camera, but yeah. these people, and I'm including Shia LaBeouf, that guy may be a nut. Um, and you know, he needs probably a good therapist, but from the get go, from the first thing I ever saw him in, I was like, that is a talented young actor. So his casting got no problem with either, but the best thing in that movie is just when they're able to play off each other, when it is him and him, yeah. when it's yeah. specifically Marion, because Karen Allen, I just don't understand why her career wasn't bigger. She has always from then to now, and I've seen other movies she's done. She lights up a screen. Yeah. Whenever like every holiday I watch Scrooged and you're like, how is the world not falling in love with Karen Allen? Because she's so luminescent and great. And so having her back as Marion, you do realize, Oh, I also appreciate the bond like structure of the, the Indiana Jones movies where every movie was a different female, but they're all going to pale next to Marion. Marion mm-hmm. Ravenwood is the best and mm-hmm. clearly was the one for Indy. So having mm-hmm. them back together again, great uh and uh kate blanchett as an evil russian i'm about that all day long yeah (laughs) so in other (laughs) words the things that don't work i think are a lot of story clunkiness um Mm -hmm. the cg stuff like i'm sorry i i I like the fact that you can clearly, especially Raiders right off off the bat, but each one shot on film, it just looks better. And it puts you in that sort of like old serial frame when it's shot darkly and kind of grainy. And it's uh, Raiders is a near perfect film. Yeah. That is like my top five. It's in my top five of all time. Yeah. It's incredible. And I love Temple of Doom. And I yeah. love Last Crusade. They're great. Yeah. Um, and I love the fact that uh, Temple of Doom is a prequel. I love that, too. This is Indy before he becomes the guy we know. Love it. Mm-hmm. So it's not perfect. But, but man, yeah, Crystal Skull was a disappointment. Yeah. What would you – what do you think they could have done differently? Like, what, what are some – you say it was clunkily. Like, in what, in what way where did well, it Well, I mean, apart? I also appreciated the fact that they, they addressed his age – that yes. they have to, and of course, this one that's coming up, they have mm. to because yeah. the man's eighty nine years old. Right. Jesus Christ! Did you ever watch Young Indiana Jones Chronicles when it was on TV? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen that stuff. That, that was coming. That was out when we were hanging out back. back yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and, and that Jerry was uh, a sore spot for my brother because he went to college with um, 
Oh, what's his name? Uh, Sean Patrick. Flannery? What's his name? Flannery, yeah, who Sorry? was in Boondock Saints. But really, one of the first major things he did was playing the 20-something Indiana Jones mm-hmm. in that show. And I remember Robin just going, that dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, but anyway, so uh, I liked it. It was educational. It was also kind of funny where it was... I mean, Indiana Jones is a great character, but <clears throat> what a life that guy lived. Because literally every 15 minutes, he's like going, oh, my gosh, are you Thomas Edison? Why, yes, young man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Are you hanging out with me. this guy over here, Pablo Picasso? Why, yes. <laughs> Hello. How are you? <laughs> right. What the right. hell? I remember, I remember Jerry complaining about this, too, is the... They didn't do that. I think they only did this in the first season where the episodes had those prologues of the really old indie. Well, that's why I was bringing that up. Boring somebody with a story. That's what I was was about to bring up. That was a terrible idea. And they cast a guy. And you can't fault, you know, an old actor from like, I'm going to take that gig because, yeah. But no one wants to see. 95 year old indie sitting in like a movie theater i guess it's supposed to be in the 1960s or 70s and or or sitting out in front of a drugstore going like i remember the time (laughs) that i met um walt disney and jesus it went something (laughs) a little like this (laughs) and he, he had an eye patch uh maybe in this movie the one that's coming up we'll see him lose his eye and that'll be the origin of the eye patch but the thing is is that harrison ford is now about the same age as the character that they were showing us i know so i wonder if this will end with him going like there's a bench over there i'm just gonna sit (laughs) over there and tell some stories and then it becomes the whole thing well i remember meeting baskin and robbins (laughs) oh what a day that was what a day um, I remember, and I should, I, I just didn't, I didn't have time to rewatch this. I only came up with this last night. I was like, what are we going to talk about tomorrow? Okay. Indy, I was like, Indiana Jones. I know we have to talk about it sooner or later. So. We have to talk about my oh, most famous relative. What, who's that? Indiana oh, Jones. Jones. Yeah, of course. Yes. <laughs> we have to be related. I forgot who I was talking to for a second. Uh, um, that happens a lot with me and it's okay. <laughs> I, I, I can't remember the name of the, his sidekick kick character in this film. The, the, he was a double agent who flipped sides like 15 times. <laughs> oh, in, in, uh, Crystal, in Skull? Crystal Skull. Yeah. No, I, I just listed off the ones I remember. And of course they had Sala come back for a few minutes and yeah, that was fine. And he's apparently Sala is coming back for this, this next one too. Man, he's gotta be, I mean, they're both crazy um, old. So, but I remember one of the things that, that annoyed me about it's like that character whose name I can't remember. Yeah, he, he's he gets he gets, he gets seduced by the the room of riches at the end, and that's I think becomes right. his undoing, as I recall. See, you're remembering keeps, it keeps... much better than me because I yeah. just like broad strokes. <laughs> I certainly remember the atomic bomb test yeah. and the and the refrigerator that pissed right. a lot of people off too. Yeah, yeah, but he he kept, his character kept flipping back and forth, and it was like really hard to understand. Like, am I supposed to be sympathetic to mm. him? Or well, not? I mean, that's that's also I mean, yes, the sometimes you can get away with um, with lightly sketching a character in, but with a movie that big, you probably shouldn't with a movie mm-hmm. that important to people, maybe think about everybody because I'd say the strengths of the early ones is that everyone is pretty well written uh, and thought up like Brody, 
is a is a fully realized character. Of course, you have a great actor playing him, but uh, and Belloc in I mean his rival is not just like cackling cartoon villain. There's just like that weird suaveness and his creepy uh, like, well, I've captured you, but I'm also going to seduce you thing with Marion. He's a well-rounded character. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'd say some of that. And I saw some of that in Last Crusade, too. I would sit there saying possibly the casting of Allison Duty, a very lovely actress, but her character is one of the weaker parts of Last Crusade because you're like, right, she's been playing both Elder Jones and Younger Jones, and she's also a double agent and she's working with the Nazis. Yeah, we don't get much from her outside of that. But like True. the the guy who is part of the the cult of the of the Grail, who's like there, he tries to stop them and then he works with them at the end. Like he's pretty well developed. Mm-hmm. I'm generally speaking, these are talented people, and I think even they know maybe we didn't do the through line as cleanly as we should because it does seem to take this weird turn yeah. late in the day. Maybe they crammed it too full of characters. Maybe they were concerned. That's like, well, Harrison is iconic, but we can't have him on screen all through the movie. So we need to have all these background people, the Russians, no one cares about except for Kate Blanchett because she's, she's amazing. I think, I think one of the, I, I remember reading about this or watching interviews that, that Spielberg himself was not too excited about the script mm. or the idea. Mm. Yeah. He, I, I think he wanted too. to go back to the, the religious relics, you know, trope that they were known for, but it was Lucas who's really insistent on doing this, this alien thing. I, I don't really think it's the alien thing that, that tripped up the film, but I'm, I'm kind of wondering if, if Spielberg's dedication to the film might, might've been a little compromised because oh, he and Lucas no. weren't, weren't really seeing eye to eye on, on where this was going. I, I mean, I certainly don't know these people. <laughs> We're yeah. not friends. Did I tell you my one, uh, um, Steven Spielberg story? No, I've heard the Lucas one though. Oh, that's right. That's well, on th- this podcast one. will now be about Brendan's run-ins with famous people. Uh, when I was a tour guide at, at uh, Warner Brothers, and in in the in between times when I didn't have a tour, and the tour guides were just unless we were we got paid to sit there unless tours showed up. So I think me and another tour guy were just let's let's get in the golf cart. We'll go get some at the commissary. We'll just kind of tool around, see what's on the lot, see what's shooting. And so the, there had been a rumor that Spielberg was going to come there. And I can't remember what it was for. Was it for Minority Report? I don't know. It was something. But anyway, so we're in the golf cart and we're tooling around. And as we're going down one of the little roads there, there's a guy walking that from behind. I was like, my friend goes, do you think that's Spielberg? I was like, I was like, I don't think so. But I went, hey, Stevie. <laughs> I literally went, hey, Stevie, as we got very close and he hears me and he turns around and it is him. I really didn't think it was because if it, if I had known it was Spielberg, there's no way I would have gone, hey, Stevie. But I did it just like that with oh a God. dumb voice. And he just turns around and just looks at me. and I was like going, oh, God, I want to die. And I, I, I looked at my friend. I was like going, go faster. Go faster. <laughs> punch it and these are little golf carts it's like oh how much faster are we gonna go it is now going 14 miles an hour instead of just 12 uh no other, no other run-ins. You. 
Yeah, no, I, mean, I think he was just confused. Like, he just yeah, looked yeah. at me like, "What? Why would anyone ever say that?" And it was like, "That's my running <laughs> with Spielberg." I'm sure I'll, I'll, you know, years from now I'll meet him when he's on his deathbed, and uh, he'll be going, "I still remember, hey, Stevie." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh my god, that's one of the stories. Like me, almost scalding the Reverend Jesse Jackson. That it, it's one of those non-meetings that are very Brendan stories where it's like, why is that my run-in with someone famous? Wait a minute. Almost scolding. Oh, I should hold that one for another podcast. Okay. Okay. It was an accident, but I did almost pour boiling water on top of Reverend Jesse Jackson. Oh my God. I was literally scolding. Yeah, literally. I thought you said Uh, scolding. Oh, scolding. Mm, No, but anyway, so anyway, uh, I I did hear what I was getting to. The point was I had heard this movie, Crystal Skull, was very much a George and Harrison wanted to get back in there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think Steven was the guy, even before he knew about the alien stuff, he was like, I don't know, guys. I don't know. So I think that perhaps his enthusiasm was not as high as everybody else's. Because thinking back on it now, it, it kind of has the same, it left the same taste in my mouth Ugh. as, as, uh, as rise of, not the same, but like rise of Skywalker, I think bears the mark of a director who just d- doesn't care anymore. You know, he's just like, I got to get this out of the way and well, try to whether, check, check all these boxes. And yeah. I don't Abrams, really I don't know if it's a question of him not caring, but it was definitely a question of, of, um, of some very sweaty uh, creation where he's like going, it, it seems like instead a task he was given. Yeah. He may have really wanted to do it, but then it's him sitting there going, oh, I got to stick the landing. Okay. Uh, and let's see. Uh, I'm getting notes in the studio. This is what fans didn't like about Ryan Johnson. Uh, okay. I'm going to ignore this. I'm going to betray this concept and just, you know, mm-hmm. I'm actually impressed with it, not because I enjoyed it, and there are parts of it I did enjoy, parts, but I will say this, I'm still impressed that for something that does feel manufactured uh, and catering to notes and all these other things, that it holds together as well as it does. It's still not good. It's not the way to wrap that trilogy up. But I was like, well, if nothing else, Abrams is a pro enough to do that. And Spielberg, if he wasn't excited by the script, he still did a fine job on, you know, turning out a decent Mm. Indiana Jones movie. We're being unfair to it, I think, in comparison with the really great stuff that came before. Yeah. 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 It's not a piece of shit movie. I mean, there's no way you can look at this thing and go, man, there is nothing here. There are mm. things that make you wince, like Mutt swinging through the trees and they do the Tarzan yell. That is yeah. right up there with Yippee in mm-hmm. uh, Phantom Menace as being cringy. Yeah. Cringy. Yeah, yeah. I see um, that there's some Indiana Jones action figures that are coming out, um, new ones, uh, because, of course, they're doing a new movie. Will I perhaps buy one? Yes. Will I perhaps yeah. stand it right next to my Rocketeer action figure? Yes. <laughs> Because they're the same time period, man. Rocketeer. That's a film that should have gotten a sequel and never did. Word to your yeah. mother, who I happen mm-hmm. to know. So yeah, pass on do. word. It's true. Okay. Um, so it may 
be uh, definitely is noteworthy that that Lucas has absolutely nothing to do with Indy Five, which is coming out next summer. I'm actually so, bummed about that because I love yeah. it always being a even if it's just like a story by I, I would have been fine with because it seems like oh one of the it's like you know Lennon and McCartney I kind of don't yeah I yeah, love yeah. them both solo but it's like dude there's nothing better than when they're together. Oh, this is what I'm gonna say. Um, there's a movie reviewer on YouTube named Chris Stuckman. And, Wait, um, there are movie reviewers on YouTube? On, they are, yeah. <laughs> but he he has a, a video where he's talking about Chris Skull, and and he some one of the, the things about it he points out as being kind of strange in in the editing and the direct directing of the film that seemed to be kind of weird and rickety. There's a scene where they're in the ruins of uh, I forget what the scene is where there's these. It's like an Aztec type of ruin or something machu picchu kind of yeah thing. something like that and, and it's a scene at night they i think they've just battled some some natives who are in the area and indy has you know been displaying his fighting prowess or whatever and mutt looks up at him and goes i thought you were a teacher and he goes part you know the line the line is part-time um but in the in the film they're like in the scene because that line is in the, in the trailer as chris mm. points out and the and the trailer he reads it part-time you know but in the film, he goes part time. <laughs> this really weird line reading, and, and Chris and that bugged the hell out of Chris Tuck. But he was like, "Why the hell did they put that take in the film?" It I, I love the idea that though. I mean, it does happen sometimes. Trailers, especially for movies that people are really crazy pumped for, they pay a lot of attention. And obviously, nowadays you actually get breakdowns of every Marvel trailer that comes out, right. and they go second by second go if you look in the background you can clearly see that yeah. kang the conqueror is doing he's flipping off he, he's i don't know he's flipping off michael douglas he's actually flipping off hank and it's just like why would you do that to hank pym and he goes I, does this tell us what phase five is gonna be like it's all gonna be <laughs> kang flipping off people are they gonna edit kang into every one of the previous movies he pops in and he just goes mm. yeah Take yeah. that on the conqueror. That um, is new rock stars all over the channel for new rock stars. <laughs> but no, people like, really speck do. Of dust. It's clearly a reference to this other speck of dust. That's this exactly the thing is that they, they break it down so much, but like that. Yes. And that is actually, it just means he has observed. There was a better take in the trailer. So why yeah. in the editing bay would they do that? I still think of this one. Uh, and this actually ties into my days at Warner Brothers. I worked there while they were shooting Perfect Storm. And Perfect Storm had all this heat behind it because of this amazing cast. And Wolfgang Peterson was directing it. And he knows his boats. Uh, <laughs> and I remember looking at in the big soundstage 16 is where they had the ship, like half of it on a gimbal. And they had it was the tank. They had water. Water would slush out of that soundstage while they were filming it would flood the streets of warner brothers and i was like damn they're doing some shooting today so there was heat and i remember the trailer for uh when perfect storm came out and the trailer had this line in it which was so cringy and i was like oh that's not good uh is you got captain uh george clooney standing there with bearded and they're on board the ship and he looks at it, he goes she's coming on boys she's coming on strong <laughs> And it was so hokey. And apparently audiences, like, they must have sc uh, scouts, obviously. Uh, but audiences watching the trailer would laugh at that line. I certainly did. Um, and then I went to go see the movie, which is horrible. It's so bad. It's so bad. Um, 
but I watched it. I did not leave. I watched every minute of it. And that and line never line. showed up in the movie. Yeah. And I was like going, dude, that was clearly because people were laughing at it in the trailer. There's She's a similar, a similar thing strong. with the trailer for uh, Rogue One where yeah. Jen Erso says, yes. I, I, this is a rebellion, right? I rebel. Yeah. They, they took that out of the film. Yeah. Uh, I actually thought the line was pretty kick-ass. Yeah. I think we talked about this before, maybe on the same podcast, but one of the things, or maybe not, I may have been talking about it with John. I'm doing all these podcasts, and I have no idea what I've talked to anybody about. <laughs> but we talked about it mainly because there was an impression from the trailers, and look how smoothly we've segued into talking about Rogue One, <laughs> which I thoroughly enjoyed. But there was an impression from the trailers that she was a much more actively badass character and then and that line is also i kind of thought the movie not knowing the plot before i went in other than they're stealing the death star plans i knew that mm-hmm. but i thought it was sort of like a we've hired these like criminals and and pirates and stuff to go get this thing i thought it was going to be a bunch of badasses and instead you have this emotional father daughter thing it's almost a disney princess story of like hide and when the time is right we'll be together again if the fates decree and she they softened her so much i really thought even though she grew up hard and grew up you know under like saw Guerrera and all that stuff but i was like i watched that trailer and i thought she was going to be like this, this like shit kicking badass like going we're rebels right that's what we do rebel and yeah. instead, she's like going, I guess I'll throw in with you guys. This is weird. All right, <laughs> let's go steal a thing. My dad is not a traitor. He's a good dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it kind of flipped. Like, I really didn't expect the movie I got. I still well, thought the movie was great. They basically almost completely reshot that film even after that first trailer yeah, came it out. Had, it's it a really had weird some... story with that movie. Yeah. It Maybe was, someday it was... we'll get in like an oral history. I would totally read an oral history of the making yeah. of Rogue One. Because it was Tony, yeah, it was Tony Gilroy who was brought in to basically repair the film uh, from, uh, I can't remember the first director's name. That guy. Damn, what the fuck was his name? Anyway, so it was basically two directors. Yeah. Um, the, the, the original director, whose name I can't remember, shot the original version, and then Tony Gilroy came in and just redid everything. And then I think even that scene with Darth Vader was like, it was yes. like something they tacked on. That is another thing where sometimes we uh, the Hollywood system and studios especially big studios they tend to always uh overthink and overspend and uh obviously all the stuff with like preview audiences but every now and then something that's that cobbled together where someone had to come in and massively redo sometimes it does end up being good Mm -hmm. it's weird because you want to say look you hired the first guy. Stick with the first guy. Whether the movie comes out good or not, go with the original vision. See how it lands. But in this case, maybe they made the right call because it was a satisfying movie. It's not perfect, but it's satisfying. And I was like, yeah. I will say so many characters in that movie. And I was so surprised that Andor, uh, you know, Cassie and Andor is the one that they single out to give him his own series. Because I'm like going... I loved Rogue One, but at the end of it, I could not have told you any of their character names. I could only go, Samurai guy with his friend, brother, 
boyfriend? <laughs> Don't know, but I love those dudes. Don't know their names, but I'd watch a show about them. Love yeah. those guys. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The 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 kind of crazy pilot guy that they pick up that never really adds anything, but he's a really good actor. And you're like, why is he here? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like him. He's all right. Wouldn't watch a show about him. But I'm just sitting there going, so many of them, I can only go, that guy's pretty cool. I like that lady. These right. are cool people. But they did, you know, double down on it's a war story. They all die. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah. So just Apparently, do that. I, I remember hearing or reading that they, that was something they kind of sort of sheepishly asked Disney if they could do. Can we kill everybody? <laughs> Can we kill like, Yeah, sure. Literally and they were kind of surprised to get a green everyone. light. Everyone. Because I think there was another, there was another script in editing where I think at least some of them survived, or I think Jen. Jen and Cassian did got away. I thought I, like I, I, I actually do think that's pretty ballsy and impressive, but just because it is such a typical thing of, especially someone like Disney owning Lucasfilm, all they're thinking about is, well, that really cuts off how many variation action figures we can do. Mm-hmm. It's like, we yeah. can only have yeah. pre death Cassian Andor and now post death Cassian Andor <laughs> <laughs> with special death action. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this guy, I've had many an action figure, but this one really sells me on the thing that he's just dead. That is the best articulation of a dead guy I've ever seen. Um, uh, but it was very moving. And that's what, when you watch a show like Andor, which, of course, I assume you're watching. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. But it, it just adds that special bittersweetness because you're like pulling for him. You're like, oh, no, we know how his story ends. Mm-hmm. It's like, no matter how good he's doing here, we know what's going to happen to him. Yeah. Well, the brilliant thing about the series is that the, I, I'm wondering how well the show would be going over if they had chosen to follow a, a really well-known character through the same the same time frame. You know, if it had been Wedge or somebody, people would be oh, like, yeah. no, that's not who he is. You know, because because it's Cassian, people are less... And you know, there's there's less uh, headcanon going on with people to, to conflict. It's true. With how the story's I mean, being and told. Wedge. I know all those. Uh, I I never followed the ex- the expanded universe novels. I read maybe that first, um, the big era of the Empire. What was that thing? Was that the yeah. first like the major three parter novel yeah, the, the series? Timothy that Zahn had, trilogy. Yeah, yeah, the Timothy yeah. Zahn. I read those. I've read one or two over the years. Just like okay, they're all right. I'm just not much of a reading of those. But I know yeah. that's a huge part of the fandom because for a long time, that's all anyone had was all these novels. And you're right. Like even Wedge, like the X uh, Rogue Squadron, like the X-Wing Rogue Squadron is all Wedge. And there were multiple novels. So mm-hmm. if they had done something like that, and I love Wedge, and he does deserve oh, to have his own story. Oh, um, man. But yeah, you'll have people sitting there going, well, this is good, but it is contrary to what was established in rogue squadron novel number four <laughs> yeah exactly and, yeah. and i'm only mocking because i'm that guy about other stuff it's like yeah go ahead and give me a superman movie and i'll sit there going yeah, yeah that's good but lois is supposed to be a brunette which right, is one right. of my problems with amy adams is like did they not have the 15 minutes it takes to do a little wash in rinse and make her hair dark i know i know <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I get like that with certain 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 things as well. I thought of another name for our podcast, by the way, that? because I, I realized that what we talk about, 
<laughs> and God bless my brother and possibly nephew and people that listen to this, but it's just stupid. And I think I think a name for our podcast should be "This Stuff Matters." Yes. <laughs> this case in point, because I'm gonna I'm gonna mention the only thing. This is such a good example of this. The only thing in in, in uh, Andor that has that has ticked me off so far. The mm-hmm. only thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a scene where Cyril uh, Cyril Karn, who's the uh, the ex what's it corporate security guy yeah who's who's now obsessed with uh the the isb agent right and is wants to help her find cassie and, all and he's also fallen for yeah yeah which really Very i gotta question crude. his taste yeah <laughs> no i mean but, not that she's not it's just that at what point do you see her having emotions of any kind yeah right right <laughs> but there's a scene where he's he's at his office job in his little you know cubicle it's more like an octagon thing whatever mm-hmm. or Pentagon and uh, the the people come up to fetch him because they're he's going to go be interviewed by by her at the ISP and there's this little mouse droid apparently leading them to him which is cool because yep. I always thought that was what mouse droids were supposed to do is really little navigational droids to say right this way yep but he comes up the, the droid comes up and he's making the same damn fucking noise the mouse droids always make yeah like can you guys not just think of something else for this poor little droid to say instead of just copying and pasting the same goddamn thing every but time. But they know that's what screen. we're expecting when we see a I mouse know, droid. I know. But R2 does it, you know, the, the, the R2 droids have a whole that's language true. of things and Chewie uh, has a whole language. I love that that's a nitpick anyway. of yours, which I was just happy to see a mouse droid because yeah, yeah, that's no, me. I, I, liked, I liked it that they, they, they throw him in there. It is a little bit fan service to see the mouse droid every time, yeah. but at least this time he's actually doing what what I what observed you do, the, the mouse yeah. to be doing on the Death Star, which was leading stormtroopers around. I which wish when, I, when I'm doing my tours, I would love to have one that's just in front of me <laughs> on as I'm walking around downtown Portland. But but I'm similar in the fact that the droid they introduce in this show, I'm only used to the humanoid droids talking, and even some of them don't. What is the one that is almost like a protocol droid, but it has that sort of insecty type head? And that yeah, goes back if, to original trilogy. I think he that's was, a variety of protocols you want to be on. Maybe, but it doesn't it doesn't speak <laughs> or at least doesn't speak the English language that they're speaking. Like it's oh, like yeah. or whatever does a thing. And so I'm like going so it's a little weird seeing something that is not an astromech. Yes, I know that R2 units are astromechs, but the thing that is <laughs> Ca- you know, Cassie and Endor's mom's droid is our first new droid in this one. And it does a full on tweaky from Buck Rogers. It's speaking. Oh, yeah. beady, it's, like, beady, beady. Yeah. it's literally going, but Cassian, why? And I was like, Ooh, <laughs> and that was a thing for me, even though he's a cool design. I was like, I preferred that they do their weird droid talk and people understand them, which happens a lot in the star Wars universe where it's just like going, He's asking why we don't just leave, you know, and, and have the human explain or whatever. But him going like, Cassian, would you like a Coca-Cola? And I'm like, fucking no. It's a little, yeah, it's a little unnecessary, I guess. And then I just expect Fred Silva. Is that the guy's name? Who was always the the little person who was in Tweaky? Oh, I don't remember. Something like that. But I like popping out of it going, hi, everybody. I'm 94 years old. I think he passed away (laughs) a long time ago. Actually, sorry. 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 (laughs) Um, Anyway, so uh, but it is an amazing program. It's a great show. 
It's amazing to me. And I, I, I'm even more fascinated by people who don't like it. And, and like, uh, Steve Shives is another YouTube guy, guy that I follow him. I really like, he's another, he's a fellow Superman, uh, lover. Uh, Ooh. okay. <laughs> you, you just outed somebody right here on the podcast. <laughs> No, he's he's he agrees like he's he's like us that he really despised Man of Steel. He loves Reeves Superman. Oh, and I need he, to tell you something. He's a defender of Superman Returns, and he loves the Fleischer cartoons. He, he absolutely loves almost above everything of else. Of course, but he he came out. He's he's come out as saying I don't like Andorra. I don't think it it just doesn't move faster. It's like there's nothing happens on the show. Wow, <laughs> it's, it's like really. It I mean, is I get paced, that there's no action. It's paced differently from other yeah. Star Wars things, but what I do like about it is kind of that. What I do like about it is it's just showing us, as some other things like Rogue One, which of course Gilroy involved with, but uh, the thing is, is that it shows us what it's like in other aspects while all that other stuff is going on. Yeah. Weirdly, Luke, even though his journey is this mythic journey and it's so truncated. Like Luke's journey is so short and he's not really a true believer in the rebellion. Uh, He gets thrown into stuff and then becomes the symbol. But in a weird way, Luke had it easy when you compare just like people were uh, working behind the scenes. were getting, you know, busted by all these um, investigative Imperial groups. I love the fact that we don't know what their cops are like, because that's what that guy first started with. It's like, it's not stormtroopers. Yeah. Those are military guards. Yeah. Yeah. These dudes are literally just the cops, law keepers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So the mundanity of what the star Wars universe was like under the empire, all the bureaucracy and the paperwork when he gets that job in the cubicles thing, you're like going, yeah, all that is necessary. All that was what was going on. And Palpatine is on top of all of that stuff. And Luke literally gets the hero journey of a pretty clear goal, dead parents, uh, his uncle and aunt mm-hmm. and a kind old man who tells him he has a destiny and he's got the force and, and he can train him to be a Jedi Knight. But like two weeks, Luke is like, all right, did I just blow up the Death Star? And I just literally haven't gotten all the sand from tattooing out of my ass crack yeah, yet. Yeah, total fast track. Yeah. <laughs> so he fast tracked into yeah. a heroic. I mean, he continues to work and is still a hero of the rebellion. But yeah, they get kind of the glory. And that's kind of the great thing about Rogue One, too. It's like. I hope Mon Mothma and Princess Leia never forgot about, you know, a Jen Erso and a Cassian Andor and the people that without them, obviously, um, everyone would have had a much harder time to get to that point. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm it, loving the it's just a different POV on the same stuff. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It makes and I just it's just really well now. written and casted and directed. Oh, my God. Yeah. But it just made me think now of the the one scene that we see Mon Mothma in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, she she does seem kind of kind of shell shocked and and like kind of like well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a bunch of people just died again, you know, uh, to bring us this information. And, those fucking Bothans. Mm-hmm. I'm um, really hoping, and I know that, that we'll this, see that, that this series is not about the intelligence that led to the second Death Star, but. I really hope we get to see Bothans in this series at some point. Oh man. Return Do you know what the they're Jedi. supposed to look like or what they look like in can or in the old canon and the legends? 
I, they're sort of they're sort of like like a mixture of cat dog with these yes, people with yes, these big snouts. Yes. yes so it's been that. it's been noted that we in the new canon, the Disney fied canon, the rebooted canon, we have not seen Bothans depicted yet. Uh, They've only yeah. been mentioned like in novels and stuff. So there's this, you know, the, I'm one of the fans who are like, are we going to get are we going to get to see them now? You Return know, is that the why Jedi they're holding is, back? Return of the Jedi is one of my. I mean, I, I of course I love it. But it is so compromised, and I, I just part mm-hmm. of me wishes, part of me wishes to just scrap it and like build it again digitally. It's like, hey, let's have it happen on Kashik and ha- with the Wookies instead of the Ewoks. Which I'm not yeah. against the idea of Ewoks, and I like the little furry primitive people are able to rise up against these technical marvels. That's a great concept. But they are teddy bear people, and I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. And also, <laughs> can we go back a little bit and whisper in George's ear, come up with an, a different concept than a second Death Star? Can <laughs> yes, we just that, because it, I mean, it's effective, but still, it's like it's just a repeat. Yeah, and unfortunately, Emperor it's been repeated, like repeated, going, repeated now. I know. And, then we get what the what is the the what is the thing in the the first order, what is their thing called? Planet Killer? Yeah, the Star Killer Base. Star Killer Base. That's it. But it's like, all right, guys, you have very big guns shaped like planets and moons. Let's yeah. come up with something else. Well, they, well, they, they did kind of do the same thing and Rise of Skywalker too. It's like it's a now now we've got a like a million um, Star Destroyers and they can all blow up planets. Just like they're all each each one of them is a planet destroyer. Like, would you stop with this planet destroying <laughs> thing? Come on. I could just, I mean, obviously the thing is about if you're talking about an intergalactic war, your stakes have to be huge. All right. Yes. Planets being destroyed. But what if it's some sort of like implosive thing that gets shot into the middle of the star system and that forms an instant black hole that sucks in an entire star system? Something (laughs) else. How about something else? And that can destroy multiple worlds all at once. That would really show people. But it just seems like. Oh God! Let's go back to that well again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh well, which is which again? It's like, it just shows Chad, that, we need to underline the fact that people are not calling us for our ideas. Um, we are sitting here trying to fix all the problems, and they're not calling us. <laughs> oh wait, I don't have my phone on. Hold on, let me yeah. check. <laughs> oh my God! It's a call from Mister Hollywood. Mister Hollywood, hi. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just talking to Chad. So you're a hard man to get a hold of, Mr. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Leave your phone on, Jones. Sorry, Mr. Hollywood. <laughs> but that's the that's the thing about Andor that I really I think is great is it there's a sense of like finally that we've people like us and we're not alone. A lot of Star Wars fans have been been saying you don't need to do endless fan service to tell a great story in this nope. universe. And they're doing it every week. You know, and it, it's 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 just gorgeous. Uh, that was actually was the only the only things I didn't like about Rogue One were those little bits of just just uh, cloying fan servers that they threw Some in here and there just really because they felt like it was in. necessary. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I love seeing uh, Doctor Evazon, whatever his character's name is. You know, you just watch yourself. You know, showing yeah. up because you look just. They did a great job of recreating those two characters, but yeah. Oh, that was so unnecessary. It was like an episode of, of Robot Chicken thrown into the middle of the film all of a sudden. <laughs> but maybe laugh. I was like, that's hilarious. But why did they do that? And again, when, when R2-D2 and C-3PO showed up for two seconds uh, at, towards the end, 
being in the completely wrong place where they should have been was like, what are you guys doing? I know. So they just totally threw that in there as an afterthought, you know, they should have been on the ship, you know, when the guy's yeah. running with the, with the thing, you should have run yes. past the two droids as he's running yes. down. the. Yes. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> other no. than that. Yeah. I love that movie. Um, yeah. I, I thought that having the scene where, um, they open the door and, uh, walrus man and uh hammerhead are literally having sex in like a little bathroom <laughs> i was like guys i get it they have lives outside of the original trilogy we didn't need that <laughs> we didn't need that leave that in your slash fan fiction okay there there is a great skit with those two and did you watch robot chicken have you seen all those uh, i have seen some robot chicken but i i, I never watched like full seasons i've just there, seen there's, episodes there's the one where where they depict uh, the what's his name, uh, Walrus Face, whatever his, his guy. I think he's like, just Walrus Man. Yeah, where he's he's basically like an illustrator. They show him he's like in his apartment and he's drawing something. And Doctor Everson comes and says, "Hey, come on!" He's like the party friend. He's like, come on, guys, let's go now. He's like, oh, I can't. You know, I'm, I've got to study for this exam. It's like, ah, come on, it'll be great. And then they're in the pub and they were at the scene where he's talking to Luke and and the. They, they put subtitles for what he's saying and, and when he when he pushes luke he's just saying i love your hair who does who does your hair <laughs> luke's like doesn't understand him so he's like you know just basically reacting like he's in the film and then bef- and then and then dr everson steps in and goes hey he doesn't like you and he's like well no that's not what i said at all <laughs> and the next thing i you know, don't like you either anyway. i have a death sentence on 12 systems <laughs> yeah. i don't know what's up with my nose either you tell me, was that an accident or was I born this way? Um, I highly but, recommend, yeah. and this is for our listeners as well as you. Um, I've mentioned Super Ego before. Hilarious comedy folks. Uh, and they did like five seasons of a podcast and they do other stuff. Uh, and I don't think they always, uh, they haven't recorded together in a while. But they did a series of sketches from um, they they were just doing X-Wing pilots talking back and forth during the battle. And it's one of the most uh, they did a couple of those that are just you're crying. It's just too good. And, of course, jokes about Porkins. But it's great. That's great. They also did one of the best sketches that you will lose your shit on. And that is uh, General Zod in the rings being introduced to his legal counsel played by Pat Oswalt, who shows up as like a special guest on this episode. <laughs> and he's trying to prepare general Zod for his, his uh, court appearance. And um, his name is league L <laughs> and uh, he's just like going, uh, okay, what three words are we not going to say? And he goes, what, what is, Oh, Neil before Zod. Well, he goes, what three words will we not say? He goes, fuck Asian chicks. And he goes, no. He goes, always fuck Asian chicks. No. And he goes, come on. You know the three words. Let me hear it. And he's like going, Neil Befoza. What is that? I didn't hear you. Neil Befoza. <laughs> the whole thing is just great. He's like going, can I get you to button your shirt up? And he's like going, no. No, I'm showing the whole thing all the way down to the navel. Um, I'll send you a link to yeah. that. It is so damn funny. So should we wrap up? Cause we've talked an hour about everything under the sun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the thing I was going to tell you was because yes. of our podcast, 
I went back and I started rewatching Man of Steel. Ah. First time I've watched it uh, since the theater. It is horrible. It is worse <laughs> than I remembered. Worse, yeah. Other than, okay, the man can shoot a movie, and there's some amazing visuals. And I like, generally, most of the most of the casting I like just fine. But it amazed me, and I only got an hour in, and I was like, well, that's enough for tonight. But literally every decision is a big middle finger to continuity. And I, he's doing it on purpose. This ain't your daddy, Superman, is what you can hear him saying. Mm-hmm. Every decision he makes in story and character and dialogue is wrong to me. I will say this is subjective as a longtime Superman fan. It got me so angry that I have now thought about doing another podcast, which you would be welcome to join. Uh, but I think I might do a podcast, not like the Star Wars Minute. That's crazy. I'm not going to go minute by minute. But I think I might do a podcast where I go scene by scene through Man of Steel and talk about <laughs> all the thing it does wrong. Everything wrong. <laughs> Everything it is wrong. And, and the name I've come up with for it, Alien Autopsy. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> because I really want to deconstruct how badly that movie served that character. Um, it was, and I got in kind of a heated conversation with my friend John about it simply because he's a defender. He, he doesn't think it's great, but he is much more forgiving of it. And I'm like, no, no, (laughs) I'm sorry. And for all the beautiful shots of, look, he did a sweet shot of a little butterfly sitting on a rusty swing out in front of a farmhouse. Well, that's great, but too bad he backed it up with a bunch of shit. Yeah, that whole thing. I, there are things I'd forgotten. The whole thing with like little Clark in school, and he has that flashback to him seeing it, like X-ray vision for the first time, and him running into the closet, and then Ma Kent has to be called to talk him out of the closet, and he can hear all of his schoolmates going, "Oh, he's such a freak! Oh, he's a freak!" And I'm like, "That's not the Clark Kent experience." He wants to really hammer home the, you are not like us. You are a freak alien God. And the whole thing is that Clark grew up, I mean, yes, a nerd, but he had friends. And Pete Ross in this movie on the bus is the one calling him like dick breath and all this stuff. He's this bully dude. And I'm like, what? Pete, his buddy? Oh, everything's wrong. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I know that's weird to throw in at the end of the podcast, but I thought you should know that I restarted watching that movie and it makes me even angrier (laughs) than it did before. So please don't watch Batman v Superman. (laughs) We've talked about that too. Uh, John's also told me, he goes, if you do watch the extended cut, because I I will say that. Yeah. He goes, a lot of the stuff that got cut was Clark Kent stuff and Superman stuff. Yeah. And it, it'll, you'll like it a little better. And I'm like, yeah, man, but it's still our buddy, Mr. Snyder behind there. Although, Even though, yeah, there were some things where it was like, okay, well, that's better that they did it that way. But it also maybe it would kind of point it out. Like why did Zach think that that cut would, was acceptable in the first place? You know? And why did he think, Oh yeah. Eisenberg. He's our Luther. Oh God. Yeah. He's, and I like Eisenberg. I just uh, don't know. I just don't know how they're going to. I mean, it, and again, it's nothing. It has absolutely nothing to do with Henry Cavill. Uh, and I feel bad no, for him that, that he we, got we such a bad. We need to always be clear. That guy's a great choice. He's fantastic. Yeah. But so now they're they're talking about doing. They're, they're, it's basically been confirmed that he's coming back. They're going to do a new. They're going to reboot well, he, his, uh, he did his character. Well, he did decide to have a couple of words with Black Adam. Yeah. 
And uh, apparently the, the big rumor now is that Spielberg is in talks to direct. So, but again, it's like, to me, it's not a matter Spielberg of who's directing doing a or who's writing. Film? It's like, you're still got the, the, the baggage of everything that happened before. It's the same. Like, like I don't want to watch, I have no interest in ever watching the Star Wars sequels again because of the way it, it went. It's like everything that happened before that, that was kind of good. You know, Force Awakens is pretty good. Last Jedi had some, I was, even though I didn't like it, I, I kind of liked where it was going and that all got thrown in the dumpster. So it's like, I have no interest in watching those films. So it's like, how are they going to repair this? Well, John is of the opinion to throw in, uh, I like that I can talk about him and say, th- he'll never know. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I think he has watched us actually. So he is uh, up on this podcast, but hi, John. Uh, yeah, there you go. You guys should meet, uh, at least virtually. Um, He's he's good people, but but the whole thing is he's he's like going it's he goes it's about a soft reboot. He goes uh, he doesn't want them to recast all these people. He's like because he disagrees with us. He he's like you and Chad are about like tearing it down and just starting fresh. He goes no. He goes because then you're losing all those actors. I'm like no, just start over with these people. I mean, I don't need Affleck. I don't need a 58-year-old Batman. I know I'm exaggerating, but I it's like just stick with Pattinson. Just do what you need to do. But regardless, his thing is like you don't need to have that in the back of your head. It's just a new Superman movie with Henry Cavill. I'm like, right, but it will still be the Snyderverse. It's that same so character, even yeah. if it's an amazing Superman movie and it is Spielberg directing it and it's hopeful and wonderful – He's still the Superman whose Pa Kent told him to don't help people and and hide. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, let me me die. Yeah, he's still that guy. He's still – that's the foundation they built on, Mm -hmm. and I don't like that. He's still the neck-snapping, you know, Zod-killing Superman. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. We have, Tune yeah, like, in to Alien Autopsy. Yeah. <laughs> Angry old wow. man sh- uh, screaming at clouds. Uh, basically, my my Simpsons thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which, this like, stuff you, matters, Chad. You you pointed out that Marvel has kind of laid out like how you can address these things. They they said, oh, it's okay. Like, look, here's a here's another version of the same character played by the Multiverse. same actor in another universe. Yeah, and he's dead. You know. We can we can just kill him. It doesn't matter because it's multiverse, you know. Yep. DC. I mean, obviously the CW kind of embraced that, or they actually they did more than embrace it. They they leaned. They yeah, they they that. went. Yeah, they they're like, oh, we're on different Earths all the time yeah, now. But there's very little hint yet that they they would do that in the DC and what's now called the DCU. Well, um, I mean, uh, that, this Flash movie was all about that, which uh, maybe was we'll it? see it. Maybe that's we'll, right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. It's multiverse. We end yeah. up with. Keaton's Especially Batman. Flashpoint, right? Yeah. We get yeah. Keaton's Batman and Affleck's Batman. Yeah. And that, we that get was... a Supergirl who is the daughter, I guess, of Kal-El and I guess yeah. Lois. So it was all about could, multiverse. One thing they could do to address our concerns, which I don't think they will, but it would be freaking cool if they did. is, it, is, to is do a new just... Superman movie that's Cavill, but it was the Christopher Reeve story. Or... We'll something the, even more comic specific or whatever. Yeah. We'll do a, like a crisis reboot kind of thing where it's like, it's the same actor, but it's not the same Superman. He's from, you yeah. know, his history is different because yeah. of such and such. Yeah. 
I'd be fine with maybe who mean, who knows, you know, they've done that in the comics. They could do it in the films. Well, I mean, that is technically what they're trying to do with that flash movie. And that would allow them. I mean, the one thing that they're seeing, they're not seeing it as a creative fix because they're a movie studio. And actually Mm -hmm. now they're not even really that they're, they're whatever Zaslav wants it to be a reality TV factory. Boy, more 90 day fiance for me, please. Yeah. Mm. Discovery plus owns, owns Warner brothers. Yeah. And that's why they shut down that Batgirl movie. They literally shelved it after it was finished. Yeah. Yeah. They're basically going to, it appears they're wanting to, uh, sell off DC at some point as a tax break. Do you still think they're going to do that? Uh, I mean, they they are greenlighting things like they are greenlighting these Henry Cavill movies. So I think they're not willing yet to totally give up. But still, they could totally do that. And and they're they're not seeing it as a creative fix. They're seeing it as this opens up. We can make multiple Batman movies with multiple people. They're seeing that as just more money. Yeah. We can make multiple Superman movies. We can make it's like, oh, is Momoa not your Aquaman? Don't worry, we have this guy. He's your also Aquaman. And that allows them to go, is Ezra Miller a crazy dude who needs to be locked up and possibly get years and years of therapy? Yeah, great. Don't worry. That wasn't your flash. Here's another flash. It would be funny if they actually recast him before the movie's over. Well, there's talk. <laughs> because I mean he is looking at possible jail time. And there's no way that we'll release that movie with a guy going to jail for, you know, uh, various charges. So I I bet in their in their office closed door meetings, they're sitting there going, can we just replace him? CG? Yeah. I mean, can we have Grant Gustin from the TV show or somebody else just be Andrew, our yeah. new Barry Allen? You know, it's like yeah. start Fresh. I was just imagining like, somewhere towards the end of the film, like some crazy flashpoint thing happens. He's like, Whoa. <laughs> he's, I'm, his body, just, his face I'm changes. Actually, <laughs> I'm just imagining like a uh, really rushed effects where it's clear, like clearly shot on a different day in a different place. And there's like a hazy outline and some, like yeah. some guy yeah. who's totally different. It's uh, now that they get um, Jim from the office again. And they <laughs> like going, right. Hello, Batman. <laughs> and Michael <laughs> Keaton spoke to Ezra Miller years before going, they call you the Flash. And he's looking here, but the guy's taller. He's not even making his <laughs> meeting his eyes. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I don't know what their fix yeah. is, but I know it's going to cost them crazy money because the movie mm-hmm. was already going to be a huge, mm-hmm. uh, hugely expensive movie. And yeah. if they have to replace the character or just shelve it, they're going to take a huge hit. Yeah. That might be yeah. bye bye Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah. That's well, me waving it to them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if Warner Brothers needs some help, like down the line, like needs like a can of soup or something, just come by. Mm-hmm. I, I love you, Warner Brothers. I got you covered. I can make you a sandwich. B just got your back. <laughs> and just leave that there that's because the people podcast, don't know yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> don't know that you're, that's your nickname. <laughs> that's, that's like back in the day, uh, Beej. Um Beach has got your back will be my uh, Nathan for you. <laughs> like Nathan, Nathan Fielder. You. Did you ever watch that uh, show? No. Oh, my God. Comedy genius, Nathan Fielder. Highly recommended. He does a lot of, of deadpan comedy with real people. A little bit like Sasha Baron Cohen, except for his stuff is like, um, tell me your problems. I'll try to fix them. And he does them in ridiculous comedic ways. And he never cracks, even though the stuff he's saying. I just don't know how people can be so deadpan. I would be giggling all the time. Anyway, 
Um, so you have your homework. Um, and don't you ever start yes. a podcast without having watched the movie beforehand. <laughs> this was embarrassing. <laughs> the way you kept calling him Indiana Honez, <laughs> and you just clearly didn't even know what you were talking about. Honez. <laughs> Wyoming Jones. I was like, what yeah. is that? You don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it would be cool to, to do more. I mean, down the line, I know I didn't want to throw, I, I just didn't have time this week anyway, but to, it's, to do, to maybe rewatch the Indian indie films, you know, maybe oh, one man. at a time and, and go that's, through them. That's not even homework. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I did, I, I learned to like to love, like I didn't really like Temple of Doom when it came out, but I became much more appreciative later, that type of thing. So yeah, so there's I a lot. Just, to talk it's about another, there. it's another type of pulp, which yeah. uh, people wanted an exact copy of what they got. And I'm like, no, man, this is going towards the sort of weird pulp stuff of the thirties. I always loved, but yeah, I, I just can tell that Lucas is just such a nerd for yeah. all that old stuff. Oh, and this one, there'll be hearts ripped out of chess. Yeah. We didn't do that in the one before. Yeah, but. Because <laughs> this is the thing I, I totally forgot I wanted to talk about, but Kihi Kwan. Uh, oh, yes. Who, short round, who's back in the industry and fucking kicking ass. Well, I mean, he's actually been around forever, but he's getting high profile stuff lately. And he is because great. That, that, but everything always, uh, every everything, every, what's it called? Everything, everything all the time. Always. Oh, God. <laughs> It's a very good movie, but I I, I stumble he, over that title too. They know what we're talking about. But yeah, that he's. It's, it would seem to make so much sense to bring him back to to re- reprise that character now that Harrison is retiring to, to take bring over back the mantle. But yeah. in short round on a road trip. Yeah, but maybe that's that's uh, for another show. <laughs> that's for another show. So, you got to save some of this. This is yeah. all gold. It is. Precious gold. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's do our famous wrap up where we sing the theme song. You've been listening to prodigious saps. Come on, join it. Everything we talk about matters. <laughs> Listen to us talk about crap because we <laughs> are the prodigious saps. There you go. There you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody. This is the stuff that people love to hear.